everyone. Welcome back to the gray area. It's your girl, Maggie Gray. On today's show, I'm going to bring you an interview I did with the heartbreak WWE Hall of Famer, Shawn Michaels. And we love it when wrestlers, either past or present, come into SI now because they're performers. So you know you're not going to get a dud interview. But Shawn Michaels is an especially unique case because of what he's been through, just really fast. He was like a wrestling prodigy who got signed when he was a teenager and went through really um, a lot of issues with drugs and alcohol as he climbed to become one of the most popular and really, if you want to say like critically acclaimed, and I'll put that in air quotes, um, just respected wrestlers for what he was able to do in the ring, his athleticism, um, the risks and things that he took and just how entertaining he was. He's a good interview. At one point in the podcast towards the end, there's something that I hope translates okay. We ask him to rank um, some of the best kicks in movie history, considering Shawn Michaels' finishing move was called the Sweet Chin Music, which was essentially a super kick right to the face. I'd suggest Googling that. But you won't be able to obviously see the movies, but these are all clips that you know and are very familiar with. So Sean's talking about these clips. He and I sort of discuss them. So that's just a little FYI that comes late, late, late in the interview. But for now, enjoy Sean Michaels. He's starring in a new movie called The Resurrection of Gavin Stone. Sean, The Resurrection of Gavin Stone. Now, we're not used to seeing you on the big screen. You played Doug in this movie. Why do you want to get involved in this project? Well, uh, one, I guess, because the, the director, Dallas Jenkins, you know, he, he knew of my story. He felt there was a, a clearly a similarity between Doug's story and my real life story. Um, it's something I'd always been interested in, but you you know you want to do something that uh, you feel it's certainly for me my first one that I don't know that's not too much of a stretch, but is deep enough that will challenge you. Um, and this this was all of that. And, and again, it was a phenomenal script. It was a feel good story. Um, and, and again, it was in an environment that I felt that I would be really comfortable in. And so there were just, there were, it's one of those things where when you know something is right, uh, you certainly notice that. And uh, you know, clearly I jumped in with both feet. Yeah, you mentioned about how much the character of Doug sort of parallels your own story. What do we see on screen? Do we see Shawn Michaels as we knew him in the ring now acting on the big screen? Well, I hope not, because if that's the case, I didn't do a very good job. And and, and so, and, but that's the thing, I don't, uh, it's my first time I, I, I would in no way, shape, or form would claim to know all the ins and outs of acting, and 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 that's. But that's also the same reason I wanted to do it. It was challenging, and again, it was it was a role that doesn't have anything to do with pulling your shirt off, getting in fights, and action adventure that type of stuff. It had it had some real depth to it, um, and that's those are the types of things. Honestly, the real me sort of likes that. Uh, again, something that challenges you a little more emotionally and intimately, and and that's what this role did, and so. Again, I'll, I'll, I'll let all the folks that see it judge whether I've done a decent job because the point is for you not to see Shawn Michaels, but for you to, you know, to see Doug. I think you're being really humble here, Shawn. I think you did a great job. I think this is, you couldn't even tell that this was your first on-screen acting gig in this way. I mean, I know that you have a lot of uh, experience, obviously, playing a role. Well, yeah, certainly, uh, yes. I mean, let's be honest, I hope I'm not disclosing anything, but yeah. Wrestling has, you know, has certainly got some acting in it. And so it's, it, in that aspect, I was, I was very comfortable with it. But again, I've played sort of one guy um, for many years. And honestly, even the Heartbreak Kid character was, you know, it was 
a lot of aspects of me. And you, then you get to a point to where you've got yourself established to where it's almost sort of impossible to make mistakes. And even when you do, you're so comfortable in your skin that it doesn't play badly, if that makes any sense. And this is, again, acting in film is very different because if it sticks out like a sore thumb, everybody notices. It's interesting you said you feel like you've kind of played the same role because it, I think from the viewer standpoint, it seems like two very distinct and sort of separate careers of Shawn Michaels. You know, we had you in the 90s, you know, and, and just how you were as a heartbreak kid. And then when you came back in the 2000s, you know, you personally, you were different. How do you connect with the audience? It's so important to do that in wrestling. How did you connect with the audience as the first iteration of Shawn Michaels? And then how did you find them again when you came back? Well, honestly, that's sort of the thing is that that's why I, I tell everybody it's, I wasn't really acting that much. So much of that was a lot of me. It was my inner self expressing myself in the ring. I that's, and, and I, I like to think that's what worked for me. Again, only being 190 pounds and making it a very big man's line of work is because I think people sense the genuineness and the honesty of, of again, the character, but it was not really that far. And, and honestly, the arc of the character <laughs> mirrors the arc of my life because, and, 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 and again, I, that, that's one of those things where, again, that's where I get a little even more spiritual than I am in real life. It's that, my goodness, you know, that's hard to do in the pro wrestling business. And, and, and all of mine sort of just fell into a place where it turns out to be such a good story that you go, somebody had to write that, but nobody did. It was just my real life sort of on screen. And it, you know, thank the good Lord, worked out well and has a happy ending. Yeah. But um, none of that was by design. And, and to be perfectly honest, that comes from a place, you know, far greater than, than me. Yeah, you've been very honest about your story and the issues that you had with alcohol and with drugs. I mean, you go back and think about that time, if you do go back and think about that time. Was there a lowest moment for you, and how'd you get past it? Well, um, you know, I guess on one hand, you go, well, there were a lot of low, low moments. But honestly, for me, it was the realization, again, having absolutely nothing to do with wrestling, publicity, any of that kind of stuff, a very quiet, intimate moment in our home of me recognizing that I was failing as a husband and a father, and it broke my heart. Again, it doesn't matter how much you do worldly or, uh, I don't know, it's, again, the adoration. Very, very cool to be, a, a, yeah. again, a, you know, again, to hear things like, he's a legend, he's just, and it is very unbelievably flattering, and I'm so blessed to experience it, but if I am a failure as a husband, as a father, uh, again, we were just talking earlier, you know, about, you know, about, you know, your, 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 your tennis career, and, one of the things I, in my mind, you know, all the commitment and what you might miss out on. And to me, that's why I retired. One thing, no matter how great you are, you cannot replace is time. You know, and, and, I, and I, want, I retired because I didn't want to lose any more time with my children. And I wanted to go back home and help my wife raise them and be a part of their life. And uh, again, all the greatness in the world, no matter what you do, you can't replace that or get it back. I hope this doesn't come off sounding just like morbid curiosity, but... Were you ever in the ring, drunk or high? Uh, yeah. How did you, how did you hide that? How did you, how did you pull that off? Well, you know, well, because I, I, one, I mean, I don't think, I mean, I wouldn't think ever like three sheets to the wind. But again, one of the things, I, and again, 
think it worked for me, and uh, the good Lord had his hand on me. I was, I was so, and I say this with all humility, I was so naturally gifted. I can do that stuff blindfolded and standing on one leg. I was put on this earth at that time in my life to do that stuff. I mean, there is just absolutely nothing more comfortable or natural to me than being a pro wrestler, as silly as that sounds. Yeah, but I, I, I thoroughly know for a fact that I was built to do that for that time in my life. And so, again, not to glorify that by any stretch, but, again, I mean, it was just, uh, I, I could do it again. I mean, that's why people get, you know, you're 51, you're in pretty good shape, you know, why don't you come back? And, and you know, one, I, I don't want to, but could I? Sure, I, I could, and I think I could probably compete with, you know, quite, and again, I mean, in a, in a nice way, I think I can compete with any young guy there. Well, you know, we want to play a clip for you because a lot of people look at you, look at what great shape you're in, realize that you could come back, and they're being asked about it. So let's listen. This was um, AJ Styles, who was on oh, Booker right. T's podcast. We're going to play this clip for you. AJ, you tweeted out kind of a teaser that what if this would happen? Is that your dream match? Would you love to get in the ring with Shawn Michaels, the guy who's known as kind of the in-ring goat? You know, it's not up to me to have dream matches. It's up to the WWE Universe to have those dream matches. And whatever they want, I want to deliver. And whether or not Shawn wants to do something like that, that's totally up to him. I totally respect who he is and what he's done for this business. And so that uh, is totally in his court. That was AJ Styles. Yeah, no, and he's a wonderfully sweet kid. And uh, and honestly, for me, what that's special to me is that I go back now, and much like Ric Flair and and, and Tully Blanchard, Wally McDaniels, the Funk, those were all the guys that I mean, when I got a chance to be in the ring with them, it was so cool. And 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 those guys, even you know, for me to be sort of those guys to the younger generation. Yeah, they look up to you. Yeah, that's flattering to me. Uh, it, it really is. Um, but but it's uh, I'm, is that I'm enough good. to draw you back though? No, no, not at all. And that's the thing. I, I'm, I'm good with, it's a young man's sport. I mean, and this business is in great hands with the likes of AJ Styles, Seth, Seth Rollins, and, and so many of the other guys. I mean, it, it's in great hands, and it's supposed to go on. I, I loved Michael Jordan, and I will say that he's the greatest basketball player that ever lived. But you know what? This generation, it's LeBron James. You know what I mean? And, gotcha. and, and everything goes on like that, as it should. You know what I mean? And, and, uh, um, I, I, and I, I'm just somebody, I'm not going to be a very a good, bitter old-timer because it's just not my nature. <laughs> that's a kind, um, that's very kind of you to say about LeBron James considering we know you are a Spurs fan. And oh, so yeah. Well, you have yeah, a lot of memories. Ask me, Tim Duncan is the man. <laughs> and he retired. Ever, I know, but uh, but, but that's just, uh, they're, they're, again, I, you know, yeah, I'm a huge Spurs fan, a fan of theirs professionally, but again, that entire organization, I'm telling you, they are, it, 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 that is, They're the model. That is, yep. that is not show. They are class from top to bottom, and they are like that all the time. They are so gracious and phenomenal. I'll, I'll, you know, I'll always be a fan of the Spurs. Notice that you never really got a chance with The Rock. You know, you, you guys were never placed together very well. Well, we both, you know, me, uh, you know I, I, when, when he rose to the top, I got injured. I mean, that's when I was out for four years, and then, you know, I had, you know, my life changed, and that's, you know, when I came back is when his, you know, his career really took off. And then, obviously, so when I... it's just timing. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and, and there, there was a time, you know, at one point, you know, when, when he was, again, sort of coming in and out, 
you know, people asked about it, but it was, you know, I, I don't think he was interested in it, which I completely, you know, he, that, for him, you know, I would imagine when you're, when you're making the big old movie, that's a, it's a big decision and not just your decision. You know, again, I don't know anything about that stuff, but I'd imagine every time he comes back to wrestle, that's a lot of people's, uh, you know, he can't just think about himself. You know what I mean? There's a lot of people, you know, movie studios and stuff like that, that I would imagine, uh, you know, like, hey, buddy, you know, we don't need you getting hurt out yeah. there, you know? That's interesting, though. So, But you think that someone floated it out to him that maybe he would come back and wrestle you and he may Well, somebody passed. asked me about it. Uh, again, it was years ago. Uh, you know, Pat Patterson, and he just said, would that be something you're interested in? Because they, they would always, at WrestleMania time, they would always come to me and throw names out there. And I always said, sure, sure, sure. I said, you know, and, I, and let's say I, I've, for the most part, I've pretty much always said yes to everybody. But, you know, again, whether you know, they're on a different show or whether they're even there or, or by the time WrestleMania comes around, if they're still there. You know, I mean, uh, you know, wrestling businesses, you know, and, and heck, I'm, I'm one to talk. I was crazy, too. But, you know, you just never know. You know, you can't always bank on something six months, you know, a year down the road. Yeah, absolutely true. Can I talk about your finishing move? Sure. The sweet chin music. Where'd you come up with that? Uh, well, that this was is, not originally your finishing move. No, no. Well, and I, I, the first time I saw it was Gentleman Chris Adams. And I have to say, he was a guy that I watched. He was at uh, World Class Wrestling um, with the Von Erichs in Texas. And he would be, I think, I think he's smiling in his grave that his move has become so big. Now, might not be happy that it's become more, again, synonymous with, with, with my name. But, you know, I always give him credit. Gentleman Chris Adams is the guy that developed the super kick. I saw it once when I was a kid, and, and then obviously when I started wrestling, Marty and I as the Rockers were doing it. Um, and then when I went singles, I actually uh, was using it, you know, before I, you know, went into my finishing maneuver. Um, and one day Pat Patterson came to me and he said, you know, Sean, he said, yeah, yeah, that suplex thing, he said, it's okay, but really the kick, you know, you know that's, that's, that's bigger than the other one. And he goes, what do you think about using that you know, for your finishing move? And I thought, well, okay, but, you know, does it matter that I've been using it before? And he's like, no, you do it long enough. And, and sure enough, it, it, you know, you, you start doing that. And, and the one thing you got to love about the wrestling business is that if you beat that dead horse long enough, I mean, it will become, it, it will take on a life of its own. <laughs> it has. And, and, and it really has. It. And now, again, there are guys doing it all over the place. Okay, there are. The Young Bucks are doing it on the independent circuit. Are you, are you aware of this? I, I know of them, but I, I, you know, I, I've never met them, um, and I've, I haven't got the opportunity to see them. But I know of them. I understand they're extremely talented. Uh, you know, and again, a bunch of the guys in the, in, in the WWE use it. And, and again, I, again, I don't, I don't have the ability to be a, you know, I get, what, you know, I, you know, it was was never mine, so there's nothing to steal. <laughs> so you know, I, none of that none of that stuff bothers me. I, again, I'm more you know, way back when I first started. Some, you know, I I was copying people, and and they told me imitation was the sincerest form of flattery. And so I've always taken that to heart. And 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 I get you know what what it also does every time those people do it. Uh, my, you know, my Twitter feed lights up. So I, I get free press off of that kind of stuff, so I'll take it. And you know every single time the Young Bucks are doing it all across the country. Well, another move, the DX Chop. Can we talk about this for a moment? Yeah. Where'd you come up with that? Well, that that was uh, Sean Waltman, one, two, three kid, uh, X-Pac, all those names, all the same guy. We were on a European tour, and I, you know, I don't know the story as well. And you know, I'll butcher it because he, he knows it 
uh, but again, somebody said something to him, and he, you know, and he just did it, you know, in his way, he said, hey, buddy, right here. <laughs> and, uh, and so it just, kids started doing it, and, and then all of a sudden, we all just started doing, you know, it's one of those things that we were doing to each other in the, you know, backstage and in the locker room, and then all of a sudden, we start going out there and doing it on TV. And, and, and again, it's most of the stuff, well, not most, but a great deal of stuff that we started in the locker room just with each other, uh, you know, made its way out on the TV and became pretty, pretty, pretty big. I would say so. <laughs> um, okay, we want to do something really fast with you. Considering your super kick has become so iconic, you mentioned it's not yours, but how you did it became sure. so iconic. Sure, my sweet chin music. The sweet chin so music, other, right. I mean, they're totally different. They're totally different. Um, <laughs> we have some other famous kicks that we're hoping you can rate them on a scale of 1 to 10. Famous movie kicks, this ties in now, you're a big movie star. So we're going to show you uh, some of these kicks, and you can tell us 1 to 10, I guess, how does it stack up to the sweet chin music? Right. So let's start with our first one here. Bruce Lee's Enter the Dragon. Well, the thing is, it's it's very simple. It's 10 because he's, he's, he's Bruce Lee. <laughs> okay. Our next one, uh, let's show to Shawn Michaels. Van Damme in Kickboxer. Yep. And I'm gonna, one out of 10. And only because uh, I'm going to go probably 7.5 to 8, just because, again, no, I think sometimes people don't realize even that was, you know, now that's considered old, and that was pretty impressive from a movie standpoint. People are like, oh, my goodness. You know, again, coming from Bruce, Bruce Lee stationary, that was pretty impressive. It was pretty good. Uh, all right, let's go to our next one. Let's get some ladies involved, shall we? How about this one? This is uh, Mila Jovich in Resident Evil. She kicks a, a demonic dog. Right. Shawn Michaels on a scale of 1 to 10. Yes, well, one, because you're abusing animals, you lose a couple of notches. No. <laughs> Even if it's demonic. And I, exactly, yeah. and I'm one to talk. No, um, but, uh, you know, uh, she, I'm, I'm going to say, I'm going to, and I don't mean to be cruel, but it's, I'm going to say 4.5 okay. because that's, that's more, you've got the, you've got the lifts, you've got the thingies on, they're helping her, you know what right. I mean? It isn't, it isn't the man Bruce doing it on his own. It's not Jean-Claude doing it on his own. She's got people lifting her up and doing the whatchamajigger <laughs> thing. And that's technically, you lose points for that. Okay. You can't, no help from any kind of, you know. Well, I'm just, it's a stunt. No, well, no help. It, yeah. That's all I'm saying. We got two too. more for you really fast. We'll go with this one. This is, uh, this is Tony Jaa. I like that. The on fire kick, Shawn Michaels, scale of Ooh, one to ten. My goodness. I mean, flaming feet. That is. That is tough, but I, I'm, I'm going to say I'm going to say nine. Oh my goodness! I mean, it's spinning and you know your feet are on fire. Did Vince ever ask you to light your foot on fire and then do the no? But now music? Well, I'm thinking about like, oh, I so missed the boat. I should have been torching my leg then kicking people. Really left that one out yeah. on the table. Final one for you, and this one is obviously uh, a classic, and that would be Ralph Macchio, the Karate yep. Kid. Yep. <laughs> And again, my, my, that's that my generation. That's the most famous. So again, not that anybody can hang with Bruce Lee, but I'm I'm going. If if I can't go ten, I'm giving him a nine point nine because that's 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 yep my coming, time coming from you. That is a huge huge compliment, uh, Shawn Michaels. 
One more before you go, just because they have a 30 for 30 ESPN coming out about the XFL. I have no oh. idea if you ever were approached about anything to do with the XFL, if you missed it completely, but I feel like I have to ask you, do you have any XFL stories? No, I, I do not. I just, all I remember, I just remember the the one guy's name or what, what is it? Like, he, he hate, hate me. me. Yeah. And again, everybody remembers that. And, and so, but that's my one, my one story. Um, and, and like I said, I think I, Gosh, I might have caught a couple games. But yeah, no, that was, again, that's, that was while I was injured and getting my life together. Yeah, I wasn't sure. Maybe, <laughs> maybe Vince had some big plans for you no, to happen in, so. in the XFL. Shawn Michaels, what a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed that. My thanks to Shawn Michaels. Thank you to Jamie Lazanti, who's filling in for Alan Kim. Thank you to Alan Kim, who's uh, putting together this podcast from home as he's under the weather. Alan, thank you. And thank you all for tuning in. Of course, if you want to hit me up on Twitter, just use the hashtag gray area. And my handle is at Maggie Gray. All right, we'll see you next week on the gray area.